0: Tonight, my luring fruit—tasty snack or deadly weapon—we
1: have the answers. And are business owners on the Colossus struggling to get by? Have they been forced to turn to a life of salvaging the ocean? And is it truly a profitable venture? All that and more at eleven. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hoth Topics. I am Ian, and I am a janitor on board of the Colossus. Joining me today is a stormtrooper seizing my janitorial supplies under suspicion they may be deadly weapons. No proof. John. John, how you doing?
0: I'm cold, Ian. I am very cold. It is... Not supposed to be this cold in Southern California. I think it might have gone below 70. This is ridiculous. I have three jackets on. (laughs) Please, Um, please feel pity on us, rest of the country. Midwest, we feel your pain. We know exactly what you're going through. John does
1: not speak for me. Uh, In order to kind of distract from the cold, we did go ahead and watch the next three episodes of Resistance and are going to bring you the reconnaissance on resistance if you would if you will if you do you do not right there do you do <laughs> that it do <laughs> so
0: what what episodes are we covering in
1: we are covering the doza dilemma Which the should be
0: 14 according to wikipedia
1: the first order occupation oh yeah and of the new trooper
0: yep i uh, i forgot the whole name of that it's two words i wrote the new something or other
1: the new something or other
0: so I'm glad one of us is paying attention.
1: Uh, did, yeah, I mean, if if you pay attention half the time and I pay attention the other half the time, we create a whole attention. One so, tensions. Yes Yes, exactly one unit of tensions. What
0: happened in Doza Dilemma? I watched it two weeks ago, wrote my notes then, and then didn't watch it for this week. Yeah, because my notes are comprehensive
1: <laughs> I'll take this one. yeah. Uh, so in the Do dilemma, we we know from previous episodes, Sonara is a pirate spy. Her pirate captain, Kragen has decided that they need to do something big in order to get a payout from the First Order because harassing the station is costing them more than they'd like. So the First Order says, All right, we have an idea for you. Go ahead and kidnap Doza's daughter. So Sonara gets the command to sneak her pirate friends onto the station and into the tower. She seems pretty reluctant to do this, and I think one of the first things that I was... Excited about was, ooh, yay! Sonara gets to go through a moral dilemma here. So she's, she has to struggle with whether or not she's going to get her pirate friends access. Tora is hanging out with Kaz and and uh, Sonara comes in. Tora invites them up to the tower and kind of says, yeah, you can come up anytime you want. Just use my personal code. Which Sonara then says, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to get my pirate friends in to kidnap her kaz went to go see sonara gets there right as sonara is getting her pirate friends up to the tower and essentially figures out that she's a pirate spy sonara didn't really know what they were after until her friends told her uh that they were after torah so she kind of has a change of heart and after running into kaz tells him hey they've kidnapped sonara go save her uh i'm not sure how doza gets alerted oh yeah the pirates take out some of the droids and that's how he figures out that something's happened. Uh, Tor is missing, so he scrambles the aces. The pirates are getting away, and they end up rendezvousing rendezvousing with this ship that is very ridiculous-looking. The episode ends with Kaz managing to transmit the information over to the Aces, who are then closing in on this ship. A First Order lander comes out of nowhere, but in a twist that I admit I did not see coming, the First Order fakes them out, shoots up the pir- shoot up the pirates, and rescue Tora from a setup that they themselves had set up, and deliver her back. That is what happened in the Doza Dilemma. John, uh, what were your thoughts on the episode?
0: If we're going to do this chronologically like we did last time. I believe I am correct in saying this, that Sonara is a far better spy than Kaz.
1: I agree. (laughs) 135,000%.
0: What my notes is, Sonara is a better spy than Kaz. Kaz is a bad spy. (laughs) is that all the notes (laughs) i have a note here that says leading questions and i know that that's a reference to kaz leading questions to Sonara that were like way too obvious uh like he does in a later episode i just don't remember what those questions were about but kaz does not know how to be low-key
1: no he 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 does not know how to be low-key there was a point in this episode so torah first of all torah is like slumming it down with the people of the platform which I thought, good for you, Tora, coming down off the tower, hanging out with your friends. She just wanted to go hang out with people who were friendly. Or her uh, age, Yeah. Or right? not robots. So she invites the guys up to the tower to play this, like, target shooting game. As I'm watching this, I'm going, all right, Kaz, when it gets to be your turn with the toy gun, don't mess this up. You got this. So he misses, like, every target. Yeah. And this bothered me a bit because in a previous episode, he told Poe, after Poe handed him a blaster, I was like, are you good with these? He's like, yeah, I'm great with them in the simulations. And I was like, didn't you say you were great in the simulations? Was that just, were you lying? I'm I'm disappointed in you. Be, be better at soldiering. <laughs> Captain Pyre makes a reappearance. I think he appears in all three of these episodes, actually. Yeah, uh, that's actually um, something
0: that, I, I I made a note of it. The after watching all three of these, mm-hmm. these three episodes work really well, played one after each other. Yeah, because it absolutely. starts with it starts with pirate attack and the first order doing their thing, and then it keeps telling that story really well, way better than how I viewed it, which was piggybacking off episode thirteen. Yes, thirteen. Which I don't remember what happened, but it didn't have as much to do with the first order as I think these that was more did. of a
1: side story. Yeah. So
0: I felt that this was like, a, like if we were going to call this a story arc, that you know this would be like the occupation arc sort of yeah. thing. Coining that trademark.
1: I don't think we can trademark. Trademarks. That's All you have to already... do is yell the other word trademark. I don't and think that's together. how that works.
0: Yeah, I just trademark that. Yeah, you're copywriting.
1: T-N. You're copyright infringing trademark. Ah, oh, dare you? Yeah. um... I like Captain Pyre. He's, you know, kind of has a personality that comes through in in all these episodes. (laughs) One of my notes just says, double spy action. One is definitely better than the other at spying. I agree. One thing that I I really noticed... Every character design is really varied. They're all pretty unique and interesting, and I really like that about this series. You could very well have just put half the people in the same outfit to save on animation cost or design cost or whatever, but everybody has a really unique look and style, and it makes everything feel a lot more alive. Even characters who don't get speaking roles, they seem like they have a personality and history based on their their appearance. So let me, a- let me ask you about the, the pirate flagship that comes at the end. What... Okay. What did you so, think about there's this? There's something that
0: bugged me about this ship. It has nothing to do with the ship. It was that other people were reviewing this episode. There kept being talk of, like, part of the ship was an app Right. But it's not. Is it's it it's, not? it's an ATT. It's the, um...
1: It's the it's the 6 cro- The,
0: uh... The wheeled vehicle.
1: The wheeled vehicle.
0: Uh, Rogue One, it was a prison transporter. It looks like an app, but it's on eight wheels. I mean, Clones used it on Kishik.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Anyway... It's the cockpit and hole of that thing and not an AT-AT. Are you sure?
1: 100%. I don't know what you're talking about this wheeled. Okay. Wheeled thing.
0: Listeners, you get the hold on while I use Google.
1: We can just pause AT, the recording. AT. It's a different thing. I thought it was, See that 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 kind of sucks because like you I was all excited to hear you talk about how awesome it is that they just stuck an Adat onto a ship. Because I know you like Adat, but if it's not an Adat, then that all my you flushed away all my joy by pointing this out. I'm sad now.
0: Why can I not find a picture of this vehicle? This is
1: upsetting me. So after examining uh, the evidence as you presented, you you are absolutely right. It is not an Adat. And I guess if anybody,
0: it's a, uh, it's it's called a juggernaut.
1: If if anybody would know it's not an AT-AT, it would be you. And the thing that convinced me on it is uh, the neck joint.
0: Yeah the uh, the superstructure of the the armored vehicle that they slapped onto this thing doesn't have a spot for the neck joint of an AT-AT. So the only way it could have been an AT-AT is if they cut that tubing off. And slammed the cockpit into the the hull, mm-hmm. or they armored it, I guess. But there's still some design differences between it and the um, and the ADAT. But yeah. again, that could just be because it's animated. I mean, the sure. Adat's in and, and rebels didn't look like the adats in the movies. In fact, they're like a lot taller, and they almost look like ATACTs, mm-hmm. uh, just because how tall and skinny they were and right. the chi uh, turrets. I guess, side turrets? Cheek turrets,
1: side turrets, head turrets. Anyway, going on uh, to other notes in the episode. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, we're doing a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I did like how uh, Tora wasn't just, like, a passive prisoner. When she got taken by the pirates, she was doing everything she could to like mess with them, like kicking them in the head and messing up their their aiming when they were firing at Kaz and the fireball. I find I find that with a lot of prisoner characters, they like get the handcuffs on them and then they just kind of like shut down. Yeah, they shut down. They subdue that subdues them until they see like an opening, right? You know. And Tora was just like, "I'm just gonna keep kicking you in the head and doing everything I can to be a pain in your butt because you're kidnapping me." Um, I think
0: what the, we are missing the most important thing about this episode. What's that? Is that the Keldor pilot talked? Yeah, I have and, that.
1: I have that on the and, on, uh, on my
0: notes. T- Tim, friend of show, Tim. Yeah, was for you. Yeah, you specifically requested them do that for you. That was us trademarked.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I I enjoyed that. Uh, the Keldor got some lines. I am upset that I do not know the Keldor's name off the top I, of yeah, my head. I
0: don't know. Sorry, Tim.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, so he got some lines, and I think it's a he based on the. I don't want to. I don't want to presume genders. Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's the thing because I mean, I'm
0: already presuming it's a Keldor. We don't even know that. We do know it's a Keldor. It could just be a guy under like like has a Keldor like helmet shaped helmet, and he wears it out. Of how respect. weird would that?
1: How funny would that be? I'd be stoked on that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, so the Keldor Ace got some lines. That was cool. Now let's talk about let's talk about that that ending twist where.
0: Well, let, let's let's real quick talk about the other pirate ship that's going on in this episode. The one between Kaz and Sonara. Oh, Saving that one for two weeks.
1: Whoo, you've been on Twitter it, too long, my friend.
0: Is it? Uh, so is it Kazanara? Or Sinaz. I like sinaz personally.
1: Sinaz sounds like something you would take if you have a cold. But it only works because I got to call it a pirate shit. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I'm pretty proud of that. That that <laughs> you, uh, good job, man. That that you, you you went for it, and it paid off. Um, it you guys...
0: it did off something. <laughs> What? (laughs) (laughs) Looks around. So, yeah, the... uh, So, let's talk about that twist. uh, So, for the First Order of Double Cross, I have been priding myself on the fact that I've been able to catch all the twists in the show by, like, three minutes into the episode. Uh And this is a twist that has been the entire series building up to and i did not see it coming yeah same here and it's like now that it it didn't happen it's like that's so obvious that is such a genius tactic right in our DD games i'm constantly trying to throw another group under the bus to save my own butt
1: yeah so like how i didn't think of it is crazy i legitimately didn't see it coming and Mm -hmm. i was really happy when it happened because I think one of the things that we had mentioned in previous episodes is, you know, give the kids a, a little bit more credit. We don't need to beat them over the head with story and twists that we can see coming a mile away. You know, we you don't need to handhold them through the whole thing. And this definitely, this episode was as if they said, "Okay, let's see if you see this one coming." Uh, I thought it was great, and I and it the the setup for the next and it was a great setup for the next two episodes yeah that we so i
0: i figured something like this was going to happen like we knew the first order was working with the pirates and i figured that they were going to work with something with the pirates to be like they come in and then shoot some fake shots some some good misses some some tactical hits and then pay the pirates off and have them go but like a full full-on betrayal of them was yeah i thought that was really
1: smart straight smart up training that was that was really cool. I really enjoyed that twist. Uh, the um, entire
0: page of last of this note just says, "What's anar going to do?" Because she was left on the station.
1: Yeah, we well, she yeah. That uh, that is a good point, which is addressed in the next episode. Uh, they do mention that the Colossus is planet whatever it is is in the outer worlds Mm -hmm. i think it's it's captain pyre that says it you know or uh, no not captain pyre the the red pilot guy can't remember his name but the first order pilot with the red suit he's like you know these outer worlds they can be dangerous so i think that kind of helps us further hypothesize that the colossus and its planet is in the outer rim yeah so which is something we kind of always assumed but never really had confirmation on it. And this isn't really even confirmation.
0: Before we go on to the next one, um, the last time we kind of wrote a little bit, a little paragraph thing of the episode. Sure. Of the three previous episodes we watched, I should say, this one felt the most Star Wars-y to me. Mm. It was action it was rescue-y, uh, and it ends on a wind, but does it. Yeah, oh. Well, it's classic Star Wars.
1: Good point, good point. Um, Except for usually the third one in the yeah, series. <laughs> cl- closing it out, they usually end on an actual win. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: the story of this episode could easily have gone into a typical save the princess trope since Tor was abducted. Right. Uh, or taken prisoner, I should say. It could have... Gone to the typical, save the princess trope told since the beginning of time. But in typical Star Wars fashion, the princess doesn't necessarily need saving, and probably could have extricated herself from the situation. She isn't a copy of Leia, which is nice, but she still has the same kind of kick butt.
1: The fighting spirit.
0: Yes, Tora seemingly trusts everyone and looks for the good in everyone, whereas Leia doesn't trust anybody, and that's yeah. that's kind of like her her thing. Uh, I lost my train of thought This small font Uh, Whereas Leia doesn't trust anyone However, they both can hold their own in a fight And it's the men around them that perceive them wrong Until they they are shown up I didn't see the twist at the end of the First Order Turning on the pirates to get Doz's trust And I thought that was a really smart move on their part Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm A part of me hopes that Doza takes the protection offer just so the Kaz will be forced to become a better spy. <laughs> um, spoilers, he doesn't. He's had it easy for the most part because no one on the platform really cares. Right. Once the First Order Chiefs start marching around, he'll have to figure out right quick and proper. <laughs> well, with was... that... And then a, a uh, future pred- prediction. I will have wrote Kaz as a bad spy on every note until the end of this
1: thing. <laughs> I believe that came true. <laughs> so let, let's go into the new trooper oh, then. No, oh, not and, the new trooper. And, uh, the, uh, I, think we, I think
0: we both made a random note about Doza's mustache.
1: Yeah, I think his mustache looks like a hostess
0: cupcake. And I was wondering if it was Imperial Code or up to Imperial Code. <laughs>
1: well let's let's go into the first order occupation then, uh John, why don't you take this one what What happened in this episode?
0: This was a pretty straightforward episode. I thought it was a we need to get someone off the station mm-hmm. type story where that, that is... story is Sonara needs to get off the station because the first order have now occupied the platform right. And they are looking for a spy. Cass thinks, oh no, they're on to me because he is a bad spy. To be fair, they,
1: they straight up say... You might be uh, the spy. You <laughs> might be the spy, and the other person of interest <laughs> is someone named Sonara.
0: Yeah he, yeah, he finds out that the spy they're looking for is specifically a pirate spy and specifically named Sonara. I keep wanting to say pacifically because it's an ocean platform, but <laughs> it's not the Pacific Ocean. Atlantically. <laughs> puns don't work. Atlantically. indian <laughs> So he goes looking for her to try to find her before the first order due to help her escape because he loves her. Uh, something about pirate food. I didn't quite understand what that was about. <laughs> he was. Well, he, I mean, I knew what it was about. He was but making I, a
1: very bad analogy.
0: Analogy so bad that Sonar still at the end of the episode. It's like good luck with your food, <laughs> like, Kaz. You you got some got some got some stuff you need to learn. But oh boy. lots of lots of running around. Lots of close calls as as one does in an right. escape uh, situation episode and eventually Sonara is able to make it to an escape pod which is underwater which I thought was really cool yeah. for, for a later note and is able to get off of the platform mm-hmm. and Kaz is able to not get caught right nice because they tried they tried getting her on a cargo ship that was leaving which is hard to do because everybody had to get permission first she saw that kaz was in trouble and then she got off to help kaz and then missed her flight Mm -hmm. so then she had to take a boat ride right so
1: that was fun it was a good episode um the this is kind of where the political grayness begins because the first order are occupying the platform and characters are starting to divide on the lines of do you think the first order are keeping you safe or mm-hmm. do you think they're a menace to your freedoms um this is kind of where that starts kaz essentially even though he now knows that sonara is a spy is making the judgment call that yeah not a, you you are the pirate spy but he can kind of see the conflict in her there and he's, I think one of the lines is like, you might be a, you may be a pirate, but I know you're a good person. Mm-hmm. I liked that interaction. Um, I enjoy how comically nonsensical the First Order crackdown is in this episode. They confiscate the little yellow guy's wax, floor waxer, for no reason. <laughs> could be a weapon. <laughs> exactly. It could be a weapon. You polish those floors so clean there's no traction. <laughs> it's not good. And so they confiscate his floor waxer, and then there's a scene when Kaz and Sonara are getting in the elevator to go to the lower levels. The same little yellow guy, like, comes in, and he's got, like, a trash bucket or something, and he's just upset that he doesn't have his floor waxer, and I love that they made that a thing. Also, that scene was complete with awkward elevator music, perfect for any of your awkward young romance right. scenes. Uh, I enjoy when Kaz brings Niku in on the escape plan and Niku cannot get over the metaphor that he Knows the station like oh, the back yeah. of his hand,
0: and, and that particular scene, he refers to as great grandnico, which I thought was <laughs> a really weird thing to call like one of your grandparents. Like, if, oh, <laughs> my great grandhuman. <laughs> what? Okay, that's fine. It's Star Wars. It's dumb things. We don't need to worry yeah. about other
1: people's cultures that aren't human. I, I look at, my, <laughs> I look at my hand. I look at the hallway. I look at my hand. I look at the hallway. I'm just not seeing the similarities.
0: My second note on this episode is. Kaz still bad at spying.
1: Yep. And then even
0: Yeager knows he's a bad spy because Kaz is complaining like I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be spying on the First Order, and now they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And isn't that the ideal situation for a spy? Whereas before he had no contact with the First Order, now he's in a situation of permanent contact with the First Order. I feel like this is the ideal way to get information on the First Order than by hearsay and scuttlebutt because well, we're
1: not a i think his original task was to find out who on the station was sympathetic to the first order not just spy on the first order but i guess you're right those two things kind of go hand in hand if they're there you'll find out pretty quick who's sympathetic and who's not yeah it's he's he's a bad spy See, he's it, always been works, a bad spy. In the next
0: episode, it works out because he's able to get some information. And right, is a slightly better spy. Right. Also, you know, he he doesn't like he doesn't listen to people that are trying to help him. Like Yeager tells him, like, well, the occupations have you know keep your head down. And he's like, okay. I'm gonna go do the most obvious spying that I can do now. Right, like he's, uh, it's it's getting tiresome.
1: <laughs> he so, needs to get better at this. So
0: at some point Sonar calls Captain Pirate Man, Captain, Captain Pirate Captain, Man, Captain Nautilus, Captain, Captain Swig- He's Not a Nautilus. He's, he's a Aqualish.
1: A... Um, His name is Kragen.
0: She she calls him and is like, "Hey, I need you to get me off of the ship." And he's like, "Like we can't. It's locked down. We can't get within five kilometers." Yeah, the first order
1: betrayed us, and now no, they're going no, to shoot no, us no, down. no, not
0: not that. It's he says we can't get within 5 kilometers. 5 kilometers is visible from the station. That's really close. The first order is not doing a very good job of patrolling this planet if a pirate ship can get within 5 kilometers. Like if I said there was a alien vessel 5 kilometers off Point Loma. That's too close. <laughs> We have three carriers in the bay and a sub-base and three air bases within five miles of the ocean. Alien starships should not be able to get within five kilometers of our shore unnoticed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can't point out any flaws in
0: your logic. Thank you. Trademark.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's... Uh... Oh,
0: and then to, to go on with your... um the the first orders like stopping people makes nonsense nonsense yeah uh, they arrest somebody for being out past curfew and then just also just ignore all the other people out past curfew right <laughs> so many people <laughs> out past curfew yeah
1: it uh i it, i think it's one of those things where it's up to like the individual troopers to use some sort of discretion <laughs> and none of them really know what they're doing so they're just defaulting back to weird rules. Do you have um, anything
0: else before the end? Not really. Okay. Um, so I did want to mention that I thought it was really cool that the escape pods for the Colossus were underwater. Right. I've been seeing a lot of theories jump around the internet that the Colossus is actually a starship. Yeah I've, um, I've, I've which would be heard that too. Um, yeah. If anybody is a fan of the Stargate series they'll know that the second Stargate series Atlantis the city Atlantis that uh, the whole thing takes place on is submergible and also a galactic starship Hmm. which is nonsense but you know the ancients are more advanced than we are sure the atlanteans i should say right the whole uh, escape pod being underwater it just made me think of i think it's futurama when they need to take the planet express ship underwater and fry asked the professor how many, like, they need to take a certain many atmospheres underwater, and he asks, oh, how many atmospheres is the ship rated for? And he's like, well, it's meant to be in space, so zero. <laughs> so, and I just like that it's clearly a, a an escape pod that is probably capable of spaceflight, assuming that the Colossus might be a starship. is still functional underwater in the Star Wars universe. But, it's... of course, a lot of things don't make sense in space in the Star Wars universe, so we'll give it a pass. But I'm not giving that five kilometers a pass. Mm-mm.
1: There's space whales. No, sir. John. Well,
0: there's also regular whales that didn't seem to want to bite Sonara, which I was happy about. Uh, I thought she was going to escape. Past that giant sea thing that we see, and they go, "Okay, Munch."
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then there's
0: no more Sonara. Then, then how can how can I pirate ship sign as? You can't, because
1: <laughs> he's dead. Oh, it just all oh, oh okay. It's it's official now. All all ships that involve pirates need to be called pirate ships.
0: Yeah. So, and then just to wrap it up, my my last paragraph of notes, and I promise this is the last one because I didn't do it for the third episode.
1: I wrote,
0: "Kinda getting tired of Kaz not being a good spy." Yeah. He constantly endangers his friends as a result of most of his actions. It was fun at first, but he's not learning week to week. Right. He just keeps staying the same while endangering more and more people. Uh, As for Kaznot, understanding why no one seems to be upset with the occupation, with the First Order, and it's kind of something you touched on where a lot of these people are like... Well, the First Order's here. They fought off the pirates, so they're good. So I I assume that the Residents of the Colossus have existed outside central government for a long time. They don't have suspicions of the First Order that the Republic has, and in fact see them as heroes protectors now. I doubt Kaz will ever see or understand why they have this point of view because of his mission and training. It's kind of like when our country sends peacekeepers to another country. Some see it as they're here as a stabilizing force. Some see it as uh, an invasion, which is why we have these constant wars and stuff that we're not going to get into because this is about science fiction. And writing that about Kaz was was really um, tough for me to write because I'm starting to dislike the character more and more. And I feel like I'm slowly going into how I felt about Jar Jar when I was a kid. That I hated Jar Jar, but I have no problem with the actor. So like, I love Christopher Sean. He's he's great. He likes to interact with the community, and he seems so energetic and so happy to be part of the this community. And with 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 uh with Ahmed Best Jar Jar, I I liked him. Like I thought the guy playing Jar Jar was great. I just didn't like the character. Mm-hmm. But if we've seen his stories and stuff, he he took people not liking the character as not liking him anyway. My, my whole thing is like I don't I don't want to get into this pattern of saying that I don't like Kaz but I like the actor like I'm hoping that I'm hoping that at some point the the writing of his character will change him from just being a bad spy like I need need him to learn and grow and he does a little bit in the next episode but like I feel really bad saying that I don't like this character knowing that that could in some weird universe where Christopher Sean's listening to our episode could affect him because I don't want I don't want someone to think that because I don't like the writing for the character that I don't like them as an actor. I don't right. like their portrayal of the character,
1: which you would think would be kind of a common sense thing, but unfortunately, that's that's really not how it works. It's, that's, not. it's how it
0: works in our brains, but not how it works to so someone that's pouring their uh, their sweat and tears into a character.
1: Well, yeah, and there's that, and then there's also you know the precedents that some people have set where they take you know fictionalized characters very personally so they regardless of they they can't tell the difference between the fictionalized character and the uh the the people in behind the scenes and so they attack everybody Mm -hmm. you know we've seen a lot of that um yeah no i i see what you're saying i have not given up on the character yet and i think that there is there's a meta reason behind it and, and that reason being, we, but because of the, the mid-season trailer, we know that there's going to be an event that takes place that is going to radically change the viewpoint of the First Order and the stakes. And I think that's going to be the kick in the butt that we're going to see the transference from Goofball, very bad at spying Kaz, and have him transition into the more uh, competent, focused... Spy that we would like to see yeah. more of. I
0: think right now he's still playing spy as opposed to being spy.
1: Right, right. The stakes haven't been raised okay. high enough. We, we, we have not. We have not taken the stakes and put them on a pedestal and raised it. I was trying to make like a steak, you know, like stakes Yeah, I was joke, waiting for you, like, yeah, you're just... and it's it's fizzling out. Yeah, there's no more gas. I'll grill you the, on it later. Yeah, the grill is dead. Hibachi. I'm bad at jokes. Habachi, habachi. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah right, Let's I, stop being serious no, yeah, yeah let's um, So that that's that's really all I got for Yeah me too Okay well uh, let's go into the new trooper then So the new trooper The first order occupation is in full swing now We open up on our, our force kids friends Fishing Sky fishing uh, Fishing for fish who are also birds Not in the water and they are making a lot of noise. First Order stormtrooper comes over and, and finds them and tries to capture them. Uh, to which they they knock him out in response. And they realize that they've done a bad thing. So they go and find Kaz, Kaz and Niku and Tam and BB-8 all go to help out. And they find a knocked out stormtrooper who then begins to wake up. Who is then knocked out again and taken down to the the shell folk where his helmet kicks in, and they tell the trooper to check in. So Kaz essentially takes a, takes the stormtrooper's uniform, goes to check in, and this is kind of the first bit of actual successful spying Kaz has done, where he uses the uniform and tries to blend in with troopers. He ends up falling in with a squad. His initial His initial plan is to just go check their reports and make sure that the trooper didn't report the kids and if and if he did delete the report but what that eventually turns into is him realizing that he can get some data off of these computers and he steals a a data stick and uh ends up taking it back his behavior is erratic because again bad at spying which is pointed out uh when he has to pass inspection by commander pyre and uh he orders that the trooper be go in for a conditioning and a a brain wipe uh so kaz kind of jumps out and escapes and manages to get the armor back on the trooper who was knocked out for like a third time and just is completely dazed from all of the concussions he was receiving. But at the end of it, Kaz ends up getting this map with indicators on it that... Uh, him and Yeager don't really know what they are; they suspect maybe it's fleets uh, you know different fleets or uh whatever it is they think they might be war preparations, and that's where where we end on the episode so uh, what do you got for this one, John? Bird fishing is fun <laughs> uh, I have done it
0: uh when I've been fishing with roommate Mike and his dad out in a uh, uh, off Point Loma mm-hmm. outside mission Bay or um San Diego Bay. what you do is you put fish on. Like a bait fish on your hook, then you cast, and then the seagull swoop down to get it before it hits the water. It's a lot of fun to reel in a seagull. It is not a lot of fun to deal with the seagull that has a hook stuck in it. Yeah, that doesn't. Because uh, they peck and they flop around a lot. Uh, they aren't slimy like fish, but they are disease-ridden rodents of the air. Um, <laughs> but the the casting and the casting and reeling in a bird is a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> so don't don't do this kids that's not that's no, not the no, goal it's, it's, it's just uh, an unfortunate side effect of you don't have a choice yeah. uh
0: they're coming for your bait in
1: the air <laughs> uh speaking of of the fish that they reeled in they n- managed to knock out this trooper by beating him with fish which i i think is a most ancient defense art
0: It's a very honorable form of combat um, that we have seen in many a Monty Python sketch.
1: Yes, the fish slapping dance, Mm, of course. Of course. It's
0: always a bigger fish.
1: There's a scene in the beginning of this episode where Kaz is basically grousing about the First Order being there, and Tam and Niku both take the side of, well, you know, I feel safer with them on board, and you get that political divide going a little further in this episode where you can you can really kind of see why people would go for the First Order because of that security mentality. And it's the same reason why people went for the Empire. We actually learned that Tam's grandfather worked in an Imperial factory, mm-hmm. which kind of adds to her bias for the First Order. And it's like you said before, where you don't really think that Kaz is ever going to see their point of view. And we get we get to see the inverse of that a little bit here, where Tam can't really see the other point of view of, you know, that, well, my grandfather was just making, you know, he was just making a living. And with Giger and Kaz going, no, he was being taken advantage of. And there's even a point later down the line where, you know, the four sensitive kids are, are saying, well, we knocked this guy out because the First Order, like, destroyed our village and killed our families and friends. And Tam's reaction to that is, huh, well, they must have had a good reason, which initially when you think, when you see that, at least when I see it, my, my first thought is, wow, that's like super ridiculous to hear, hear that. And then not, not immediately be like questioning everything. But in, in reality, like that's a pretty realistic response to that kind of news. Like it takes, it takes more than just one damning revelation to change anybody's idea on anything and so I think that it's kind of interesting that they're bringing that sort of political viewpoint of war into Star Wars in in this way because it's and in, you can put you can chase this into the new movies as well because if you look at the original Star Wars trilogy that was war as we saw it against the Nazis right you know there's a good side and there's a bad side and sort of the minutia of not minutia but the the the, the smaller sort of conflicts don't take the foreground to there's good and there's bad whereas in the newer movies and in the Star Wars I think we're looking at how we're looking at more at war currently as western society and how it's being kind of waged and how there there're definitely more questions behind who's the good guy and who's the bad guy does that make sense Yeah this
0: the, the this this segment here uh the conversation that you're talking about where yeah. Tam it actually made me feel really uncomfortable that it wasn't a children's show and a Star Wars show and i can see you staring at me let me explain that. like i think even though like i am the biggest imperial fanboy uh, of the two of us i also recognize that star wars is a fantasy fairy tale that in general most of the time in fairy tales we don't need to know why the bad guys are bad we just know that they're bad mm-hmm. it was kind of weird to see them try to humanize the villains well like my, my note um like, I'm sure that there are a ton of folk in the galaxy that have b- benefited from Imperial rule, but that's not really a story that they've ever shown on in the movies. They've never really shown Imperial worlds, controlled worlds, in the movies until Solo and Rogue One. In the other movies, you have Tatooine, which is the Hut space. Right. And what? Endor? And Hoth, which is, no one claims it. Bespin... Didn't have any Imperial presence until the end of the movie. Um, it wasn't until the Star Wars stories that we actually started seeing the impact of the Imperial government on the world. I have gone off track. I forgot what I was talking in, about. In the
1: movies, yeah. I think that this...
0: but the Yeah, in the movies, which is more geared to a general audience, where this show is kind of more geared towards children. where Sure. I, I, it's like uh, if... You're watching the old G.I. Joe cartoon and they did a whole storyline about all the good Cobra is doing. Like that's it doesn't feel right because Cobra is the enemy. In fact, they're just called Cobra the enemy. Like right. The theme song. So I, I, th- I think it's interesting that they're, they're, hmm. they're trying to bring these lessons that it's not just black and white. It's not good versus evil. Right.
1: Well, I guess that kind of brings up the question, when is the right time? to introduce younger people to that concept because mm-hmm. like i i i when you said you know it made you uncomfortable that it was in a kid show i my my initial reaction was surprise but i i definitely i can see the merits of having it and i can also see the merits of not having it right no 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 yeah.
0: and i, t- I t- totally agree yeah yeah and I it's was, it's
1: it's a really good the, point the
0: note that i made like i struggled writing that note because i didn't know how how to word it right
1: Right, no, because I. I you... It's
0: part of the story, and it makes sense to the, those uh, competing um, views of what the the Empire was or what the First Order was mm-hmm. should be in the story. I felt it that, that in the the targeted age group for this this show, that it was uh, such a prominent um, sure. feature, like it wasn't just another episode of a space action adventure but there's actually real world political drama right in this so i you know it's, i, yeah, I, thought, no, I thought that was interesting um, that's a really good point that's yeah really and i don't even though i say it made me uncomfortable i'm not saying that it did shouldn't have been in the show no 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 um, I, agree, I think I it, agree. it made me uncomfortable to talk about. to it? think about i don't it. know yeah well
1: it's a complex it's a complex question because you know if if you if you if you let kids continue to look at things in sort of like the classic black and white formula, that's going to carry over and you have the problem of addressing gray areas later on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we get, oh, that person's different than me. I'm going to punch them. But at the same time, it is very much a much more complex issue to teach that there is good, there is bad. There's also in the middle. And so, yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, oh, this got deep. <laughs> yeah especially since my next note goes
0: uh the exact opposite direction uh, which is so as you mentioned in the in the summary that they're dragging this unconscious stormtrooper around oh yeah and so they're dragging him downstairs and his head's bouncing off the stairs and he's like that's okay he has a helmet it'll be fine <laughs> it just, our, my next note is remember in rogue one when chirit used the. Stormtrooper's crotch is a shield like ten times. No relation to the episode. I just, I just enjoyed how strong that armor is sometimes.
1: Yeah. And then but he was also able to knock them out cold with a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine. Um, and then
0: so skipping ahead to that, um, there's a scene where there's protesters, you know, they're like, get off. Get off the Colossus. This is a pre-platform. Go back to your world. Fruit's the most effective weapon. Yeah, they're throwing fruit at stormtroopers. I might notice protesters throwing fruit. I wonder what's going to happen. And then (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Oh. I guess it didn't happen. What everyone thought would happen when you throw fruit at armed stormtroopers. Right. And then, and then it happened the, Yeah, later. there's an arrow that goes all the way past my notes to the very end that goes, oh, it happened. Just, <laughs> just with a stun setting. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to
1: be. They're taking over, but at this point, they're still trying to have a bit of that illusion yeah. that they are, are a peacekeeping force mm. sort of thing.
0: So, uh, just before the Tam conversation, he says that quote that I said for the last episode. Uh-huh. So that was not that one. The, the, resistance put me here to spy on the First Order, and now they are everywhere.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. That's from this episode, not the previous one, of which I wrote, "Kaz, you're a bad spy." Mm-hmm. But then so he takes that armor, right? Right. And he goes, "Oh, I need to go get on the ship to make sure that this guy didn't report the the Force Force youngling, younglings, younglings, mm-hmm. not younglings, young, Force kids, youngins. They haven't earned the lings yet." Um, <laughs> So he, he wears the armor, and he does a passable job at spying. Yeah. Uh, or uh, disguise. He just barely made his bluff check. Maybe like right. DC-15, he got a 16. You know what I'm saying, D&D nerds? I, yeah.
1: I, I wrote legitimately the most spying Kaz has yeah, done so far. Yeah, and then
0: so then like, yeah, then my, I have one note that just says, Kaz on the command ship looking at data, actually good spying. <laughs> and, then, and then two hands clapping.
1: Two hands clapping.
0: So I, I thought I thought it was cool that, you know, I started this this episode block like, man, I am so tired of him not taking this seriously. Well, he's taking it seriously, but he's... He's a goofy. He's, he's us playing James Bond. Right. Instead of being James Bond, which right. he, is what he needs to do. And in this one, he's finally taking that next step. Exactly. For the first time, he's actually putting the risk solely on himself, mm-hmm. which I finally was happy to see because... of He's finally recruited Niku into his, his things, and I can't, I can't let the green boy get hurt.
1: Niku playing it cool under pressure was both awesome and hilarious yeah, in this and episode.
0: He had, and he had what I like to call the sleep stick. Yeah,
1: where uh, the
0: first order soldier that who is knocked out and is now no longer wearing his armor is like, "What's happening?" He's like, "Oh, you're disoriented. Uh, I can help you go back to sleep." Okay, cool. <laughs> Like, go to sleep the The only I, thing I didn't like about it is i don't I don't feel this would be in character for for Niku from what we've seen of him, you know, like openly attacking somebody well so but then again, he's doing it to save save ones that he loves, which I think we can all agree Niku is the most innocent person on this this thing it, and he has a big heart, and so I think that he's starting to. Way the first or like way these enemies like, uh, actions against these these people versus keeping his friends safe and like the ones
1: he loves safe. I I think I have an even simpler like solution to this you or it explanation. Was fun? <laughs> no, uh, earlier in the episode when they first knock out the stormtrooper, well they knock him out for the second time when Kaz finds him. Mm-hmm. Kaz says, uh "You knocked him out. If he wakes up, he's going to kill us." And then he wakes up, and then Niku knocks him out again. And then he goes, why did you do that? And Niku goes, because I didn't want him to kill us. (laughs) He legitimately just believes that if the guy wakes up, he's going to kill them. (laughs) understands what's happening. Uh, I really liked in this episode how we got a little bit more of the inner workings of the First Order. Like Mm -hmm. how... How their troopers interact. We got hints about the conditioning and the fact that they actually do. They are aware of their programming, and if a trooper is falling out of line, they are programmed to be aware that they're not following the program and to send them to be reprogrammed for a brain scrape, as it was. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like you know, giving a droid a memory wipe or something. You know, right. they're, they're treated like soldiers first, people second, and they're aware of that role. So that that's kind of that was cool, and then um, I just wrote the line "military supply line." I don't know what it was in reference to, but I wrote it. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> okay, my note of that of that line is Captain Doze is starting to sound like Uncle Hondo. Yeah, or Hondo Anaka. <laughs> I call him Uncle Hondo. Um, he's not the same voice actor. At least the Wikipedia page I looked up didn't say that he played Hondo Anaka. But I'm starting to think that Doza might actually be a pirate. And then he might be Honda Naka. Oh. And, uh...
1: Okay. I, I, that's, that's my new pirate ship. No, stop it. <laughs> Naka Mendoza. Uh, that's not even a ship. <laughs> that's just a character being another character. Well, one, one character's a pirate. That's why it's a pirate ship. No, that's not
0: how... Yeah, that's why like Sonar and Kaz works. Because Sonar is a pirate, and I'm shipping them. Pirate ship.
1: Right. Booyah! That's... trademarked. You, no... Uh, that's all I got. For... Yeah,
0: I I don't have a long paragraph for the end of this. Cause okay, I, I got distracted with uh, my cousin asking me to help him with a cosplay for WonderCon.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Is it Star Wars related? Not at all. Then we're not it's, gonna talk about it here.
0: It's, it's One Piece related. Oh and boy, I have no idea who this character is, but I know he needs a large fur coat, and if it's cheaper, it'd be cheaper for him to buy one off of a Chinese cosplay site than it would, it would be for yeah. us to make the coat. Yeah. So anyway, very cool. All right. That's all we got. So, um, to, to sum up everything for me, I know I, I give a lot of crap for Kaz again for the second second time in a row, but I'm still really enjoying the show. Still a lot more than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. Same. I feel like the animation has gotten even better as the series goes on, now. and if it does get another season, I'm sure it will just increase.
1: That um, seems to be that seems to be the way of things. Like they release it. And if it's popular enough, they get more budget for more yeah. episodes. And
0: Yeah, the first season of Clone Wars versus the last season Ooh. of Clone Wars is is an incredibly stark contrast.
1: So First season of Clone Wars is woof. It's man. hard, yeah.
0: yeah. But I, I really didn't like the animation style at first. And I don't know what it is now, but it's there's something about it. Like the backgrounds, when they do ships, when they do other Shading's things, not improved. necessarily characters, it gets... It looks
1: really, real, really clean. Shading's improved, lighting's improved. Like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm, yeah, I've been, I've been enjoying it. Um, we got a handful of episodes left.
1: For my end, uh, about the same. You know, I'm still enjoying the show. If uh, we weren't enjoying the show, we wouldn't talk about it. So, and we hope you are enjoying listening to us talk about the show and a variety of other Star Wars related topics. If you have an idea for such a topic, you can go ahead and email us at hothpod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us on the twitters at hothpod and if you're looking for more hoth topics content including some of john's costume builds which are gonna kick up here soon because we're getting uh, another one ready i think you posted the first first two first two for the uh the ground crew the ground crew yeah. costume with I, it's it's uh coming along really well there's nice.
0: probably only going to be one more part to that which will be Finishing the jumpsuit and putting together the accessories. Right, and yep. hopefully, hopefully, we'll get some of it done for WonderCon. You can at least see a test fitting of it before Ian goes, nah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'll save this for some uh, the other one. Yeah, but yeah, that should be fun. You got any uh, articles about your strong opinions coming up?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually have one one coming up. Uh, I'm probably gonna write it this week. Oh nice. And uh, so that should be out. Mm-hmm. Probably about the time this episode comes out. Okay. Um, So go ahead and check that out. It is about me and my opinions on things. Where can we check that out? uh, We can check that out at com. Oh, wow. Where you can find uh, all of those articles, other articles, and all of our previous episodes. That'll do it for this episode of Hoth Topics. I have been Ian. I am still
0: so cold, and it's probably like 75 or something. (laughs) Oh, man. I
1: can... You know what? I'm gonna in uh, hey Minnesota. You oof. and me, we are brothers. you no, just don't. No, I can't be a part of this. <laughs> that that was John, and in his defense, it's 57. Uh, it might as well be 75. I don't know the difference. He's just cold. I
0: have to wear shoes. It's gross. And the
1: reason why he's cold? Well, this is hot topics, isn't it? Oh
0: wow, that's that's painful.
1: Yep. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.
0: I'm still hurt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't be cold to my jokes. Our listeners don't listen to us because we're prepared. They can go our, elsewhere for our that. Our
0: listeners don't listen to us.